0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is January the eighth of twenty twenty. I am Nick here with Chris. We got manga to talk about today, man.
1: Yeah, new, new year, new you, Nick.
0: Yeah, except it's, I mean, it's mostly the old me, you know. We got a haircut, I guess. That's uh, pretty
1: cool. That's yep. that's the first step on it. Oh, uh, what's uh, a haircut? I always things? get. But what, what? Well, I think this year it's all about new things because we only have a finite time in this world, Nick.
0: So I guess once, that's true.
1: Once it's gone, you never got to experience things you didn't. So I think, uh, giant red mohawk is the way you need to go. you You
0: gonna, you're gonna? You want me to become the? Was it the murder hawk monster or whatever Lance Archer calls himself now?
1: Exactly. Uh, yeah. giant red mohawk.
0: Props to that guy, by the way. He turned. He turned forty and just suddenly decided to become
1: way better. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Sometimes, sometimes you end up being the boogeyman. Sometimes you be Lance Archer. <laughs> yeah, that's the only two career trajectories. If you the turn forty, it's it's a dividing path that goes. What no one one else two
0: has ever reinvented themselves <laughs> when they after they turned forty in wrestling? Matt, <laughs> who? <laughs>
1: Chris, what now?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, uh, I do have a, a bunch of things I want to do this year, though. Okay. Uh, hopefully, I'll. I'll get a new job, which would allow me to have a different schedule and stuff. Um, and uh, there's a couple of other things I want to do, but I uh, won't jinx myself on any of them just yet. So, because you know how it is. What you say is like, I'm going to do this for the New Year's. Like, I oh, forget about it. after oh, Two yeah. weeks.
1: You get burned on it. And then, yeah, it hits you pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I would like robot legs
0: because we're, we're we're into do that. You just want them. Addition to your current ones, or do you want to replace yeah, your Yeah, like ones? if they could
1: make you like a centaur, that'd be even cooler. Like I was gonna be like, Yeah, I'll take the replacements if I need to, but I'm just like, we're in twenty twenty, goddammit. If we're not gonna have flying cards and I want like cyber enhancements that make me into like a machine monster.
0: You wanna you know, like Cyborg in uh, in DC. You know, he's all about yeah. how it's like, oh, being a robot's awesome. Doesn't make me you know, miss my my humanity or anything like that. Oh, yeah. a, I love I,
1: Cyborg. Was, Cyborg was my favorite character in that show. I never paid attention during any of his solo episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I never paid attention during an episode got, about his character. Like Cyborg episode.
0: Cool. <laughs> and then you just like tune out for all of it
1: oh he said booyah <laughs> <laughs> I was like man cyborg's awesome <laughs> like, like it's like that weird end of season three where like he's like I may not have uh, my robot parts can be controlled but my heart's still mine or something like that that and was then, such a weird thing and then, and then afterwards <laughs> he's just like that was a
0: one time thing and then when they literally specifically literally asked him are you magic now <laughs> He says, like no that was a deus ex machina
1: I'm not Going to do that, again. that was just something. <laughs> look, people forget that there was a cyborg season for good reason, it wasn't as good as the other ones. Hey, look, guys, he's leading a
0: different Titans team, none of them are anywhere near as good as the original team. Hey, you shut your mouth about Mossy Menos. <laughs> Fuck those two, <laughs> they're so stupid with their buck teeth. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but I watched I watched the end of that episode of my take it was like, Man, robots are cool. <laughs> <laughs> brother Bro- Brother Blood's right. <laughs> I wanna be a robot too. <laughs> Man, his Teen brother Titans. blood's got everything in order. I I like this guy.
0: Teen Titans, amazing show. <laughs> All right. Speaking of superheroes, young superheroes even. Uh-huh.
1: Let's talk about my one piece. Er- oh,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I
0: really thought I had I that one. With those teenage superheroes, uh Robin, uh Frankie, Frankie. <laughs> Brooke, <laughs> Jim Bay. <laughs> Anyhow. My hero academia. Number two fifty-six, the high deep blue sky. Uh so we suddenly cut From where Eraserhead and present Mike were going to see uh, someone who turned out to be an old friend of theirs uh, to training that All Might is conducting among class 1A. And we continue the weird running gag of the robot servants of uh, UA uh, being very like, like previously they were just kind of dismissive of the weak flesh bots and stuff. This time they're like, we will kill the humans as they're. Train, being used for as training dummies. Uh, the first half of this chapter is just a quick little hey, everyone's getting stronger. It's a lot like the whole interclass thing that happened last year, except this one is in one half chapter as opposed to over the course of about a dozen. So there you go. Uh, Aoyama can now uh, summon a lightsaber from his belly. Um. Ayakure can beat can bend lasers through her body. Ashido just turns into uh, a slime monster. Uh all sorts of cool little things. And there's like a just a montage of people doing stuff and then and there's like they're like all reciting stuff that they learn from different people, uh including Ida being like I'm taking a looser approach by being more physically flexible. Okay. And uh, then there's a little bit uh, where Deku uses his black tendrils. Of course, the, the last ones that we see, you know, demonstrating what they've learned, are him and Bakugo and Todoroki. Uh, they're all doing very well. Deku seemingly has mastered the black tendril thing, uh, and and All Might super proud of his of his boy. Um, there's a little bit of conversation between people, including one between uh, Deku and Araka, uh, because, you know, Deku's like, hey, you know, that power that I unleashed when we did that uh, training together. Yeah, I've got a lot better uh, control of it now. So thanks for, you know, helping me back then to get a hold of myself. And they have a cute little moment because Uraraka's like, oh, yeah, and when you did that, now I've got grappling hooks on my gauntlets. So see, Chris, there's a reason why she's got the gauntlets now. That's... They contain tools that a... she makes light.
1: It's a very different a suit of armor now that I'm sure anyone would notice upon an immediate first investigation. Her helmet is completely different, Chris. Oh, Okay.
0: (laughs) It's got the same design
1: of the body, but like,
0: if her head is in view, you can tell she looks different. Like, come on. Anyway, both of them are just like, hey, you know, because of you, you know, I've improved myself because I got inspiration from you. So they share a cute little moment and they do a little fist bump. Meanwhile, everyone around them is like, are they fucking like, are they fucking now? That's basically the reaction everyone has, because everyone's like, can sense it between them, except the two of them, because, you know, they're stupid teenagers. Um all might speaks to the rest of the class saying, you know, you, you guys all learned a lot. Uh, uh I've recorded all of this so that Izawa can watch it later because I don't know, whatever. I'm sure you got better anyway. Uh, we cut over to a little conversation between Izawa and present Mike who, uh, are seemingly very drained from the experience of seeing their friend that they thought was fucking dead. Uh, President Mike especially seems really put out It's like Azawa was the one who was using his ability continuously. It's not like you were shouting or anything. Why are you? Whatever. I guess he's depressed. Um, And uh, he says something very strange. I have to draw attention to this line because it's such an odd line, but it's very President Mike, which is, hey, what would you do if we learned where they're making those nomu? And President Mike's like, I'd run out of here and have a karaoke contest. Then I'd take my boiling blood and make a stew out of it. I'm not sure how helpful that would be. Is he going to
1: eat the stew afterwards? Because I can't imagine it's filling or nutritious. (laughs) But like, if you're going to make a stew out of it, I mean, this is a real conundrum when you think about it. You can't serve it to anyone. It's very dangerous. It's very unhealthy. But you can't just throw food away. So, I mean that's on him. Are you typing up blood stew? <laughs> You're like, is well, blood that's... stew real?
0: Well, there's something, what is it? Like um blood pudding. That was what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that is completely different? <laughs>
1: I'm sure there's something you could do with it. Before anyone starts saying, like, hey, this is how you use blood and all that, I'm sure there is some cooking application.
0: Not human blood, please.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, 2020, new year, new you.
0: <laughs> Might as well make it someone else's.
1: <laughs> Why not start out? Why not give
0: cannibalism a little bit of a try? New year, new me, Chris. I'm giving vampirism a try.
1: That, see, that's what I like to hear. This is, these are big goals, you know? I like it.
0: Uh, The conversation gets interrupted when Mirio and uh, Amajiki arrive. Uh, They have something important to share about Eri, uh, who Nejire has been left to look after. They rush over to see her uh, and her horn, which of course had been getting a bit bigger before, is now kind of glowing. So Aizawa squats down next to her. I believe he's using his ability to... Uh, negate this but I'm not 100% sure uh, but he comforts her and says that, you know, don't worry this is UA high after all so presumably they're going to do something uh, about this soon uh, and then to end the chapter off we get a little conversation between All Might and Deku and Bakugo the only people who know about uh, One for All uh, and All congratulates Deku on improving the, the uh, Black Tendril thing and then he uh, also says, hey, Bakugo, also, you're doing well. And Bakugo is like, shut up. That is essentially what they say, because Bakugo is very bad at accepting positive reinforcement.
1: Well, to uh, be fair, he also gives a very concrete like level of congratulations to Deku. Like, congratulations on your progress with Black Whip. And then Deku, he's like, and with you, it's like, Wow, I mean, like, what can he do? Which feels exactly like the level of praise someone gives you when they have no idea what to specifically praise you oh, for. Oh man,
0: Bakugo, you were just like, you were, you know, wow, like, ooh. Like,
1: I, like I watched, Whoa. It. I was, I was like, this is incredible, like, he's popping off the screen and just like really, just raw, really. And Deku's oh like, de- fuck you. <laughs> Give me a goddamn concrete compliment you asshole.
0: Oh my it's like a judge on uh, the voice or something like that. He's like you were oh this, the you hit I was
1: I was feeling it, you know, dog <laughs> I was oh he takes on the Randy Jackson role where it's like dog Pretty good. That's wrong. Really good. Oh, man. <laughs> he's he's combining them all. He hits a button, turns around, says, That was pretty good, dog. Then he takes off a mask and then hits a button to <laughs> boo the contestant off stage. And he runs over and hits a gong, so they have to leave. It's almost like <laughs> I think he just heard of the concept of a star, you've been shocked. <laughs> <laughs> and then they drop a bunch of bugs on him. He's like, Fear <laughs> factor. Now, I'm sorry, you voted off the island. <laughs> there are judges on Survivor! <laughs> is the island itself not a judge of a moral character? No, no contestants against each other. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Anyway, well, my watch is a lot of reality shows.
1: <laughs> he has a lot of time now. <laughs>
0: of higher Academia. Yeah, has a notebook for Deku about past successors quirks. That's what happened. There are a lot of minutiae in this chapter that are interesting to me. Uh, I really like seeing the little tidbits of, oh, this is, you know, the new little power that this hero has and stuff like that. Um, there's stuff going on with Eri again. And it really does feel like there's a lot of little pieces that are moving, uh, which is something that i really do like to see from My Hero Academia. A lot of my favorite chapters from the series, especially lately, have just been like, here's everyone doing a little something, as opposed to here's someone doing one really big something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And honestly, this chapter feels sort of like the most that the heroes have done in a while, because we were going over uh, how, you know, last year it was primarily the villain's arc. Uh, there was, you know, the interclass competition that was kind of ending at the start of last year. Uh, and beyond that, there was like the Christmas stuff. And then there was the training with Endeavor, which was not, the, the kids were not really the focus of that. It was more the Todoroki family drama. So seeing this was like, oh, it's kind of like everything's kind of like getting back on the road again. Uh, and so it's not. An incredible chapter in and of itself, but it does get me excited to see uh, where things are going again.
1: So one thing I want to note that we didn't really touch on is I really do like that there's a moment when All Might's watching Deku go where he thinks, wow, you don't even look behind you anymore at me. And he has this moment of kind of like as a teacher and kind of almost, like a little bit like a father figure saying like, oh... My kid's kind of grown past me, but he, you know, yeah, you're,
0: you're you're you've got you've not only you know gotten better at your powers, but you're mature now, yeah, or at least more mature. So.
1: And he, he also follows up by saying, like, and you don't need to, so it's not supposed to be like some like big dramatic story arc or anything like that, but it's a nice little sweet moment for him. Um, but in the moment you're referring to with all the different characters, uh, I'm also not as big of a My Hero fan as you are, I think that's pretty clear, I know, um, yeah. So for me, when I look at this, I'm like, it's okay. But there's about half of Class 1A that I feel like you could cut out from the story and I wouldn't notice or really care. And there's moments... When
0: there's a full 20 characters there, eventually you're like, maybe we should just focus on like 12 of them. (laughs) Yeah, well,
1: (laughs) in particular when it's like when it gets to Ida's and it's like a looser approach, you're like, I could actually see how you would like visualize that and show how being looser... Helps Ida to be a better person in combat, and like you could, you could actually visibly show that to us, as opposed to a panel where something's happening in the background. I can't tell what. It's a bunch of speed lines, and I assume a robot's getting kicked, but I mean, you can't really tell. And part of me is like, I feel like we're never going to get a real like follow up from there. It was just like, here's what Ida did. And that's fine. It's just one of those things where I'm like Ah, he's just one of the characters I actually kind of really like and I think has like more of a developed personality and like flavor than most of the cast. Mm. It'd be nice to see him get more than to be like fucking belly button dude's got a laser sword now. It's like, okay. There, I think we're
0: at a point where we're far enough into the series where I feel as though when we reach the end, in retrospect, it'll be like you know, if you had taken out like Sato, Ojiro, Koda, Hagakure, Sero, then you wouldn't really be missing a whole lot from the series. And that's a good, That's a full quarter of, of, of this class. Uh-huh. Um, I will say that there is one moment in this that I do really like, which is, uh, it's a very small uh, moment, but after Ashido demonstrates her power, uh, she, you know, goes over to Kirishima and she's like, I got inspired to do this because yeah. of your ability, And they're just like, Oh, yeah, they're, you know, they've got that hi- that shared history. It's nice to be reminded of.
1: So, oh, yeah. And it's a ship tease for all the people out there who are. It them.
0: is, but it's much less blatant than the Deku or Araka one. Because this one is just like, Hey, good job. Yeah. And the other one, they're like, you know, s- smiling and everyone's like, Did I. Are they fucking? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. that's my Hierarchy David this week. Yes, it is. So we are short three series. We've got World Trigger, but mm-hmm. we're still short the Crunchyroll series and Eden and uh, the, the fucking Dr. 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 Stone.
1: Now, Dr. Stone we knew was going to be out.
0: Because uh, <clears throat> Boichi was sick Yes, um, this and week. the so. very
1: real likelihood is that Crunchyroll will probably just release next week when to like give an advance notice. So there's no manga next week, but what we'll mm-hmm. do is a regular episode we're going to catch up on Act Age, talk about it in the show, and then in all likelihood the Crunchyroll series will probably be there, so we might just yeah. do those ones as well.
0: Viz's site also says that there will be a spy family chapter, so that'll give us a handful of things to talk yeah. about. So, so there, that's there'll be,
1: there'll be something there,
0: but so we'll go. we'll do a good long conversation about Actage and uh maybe have a few more things thrown yeah. in there.
1: But there's no uh <clears throat> N0 or Seven Deadly Sins today, in case anyone's wondering where those are at.
0: So I just got to power through until we hit We Never <laughs> Learn. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to do our newer series now, uh, start off with Mission Yezakura Family. Um, Chris, we got a now, now till chapter mostly. <laughs> sort of. I'm not going ki- like, to say kind of. Like, I was worried that it's like, oh, Chris is going to be so pissed off about this when it seemed to be, like teased it and then see- started to go away from that. He comes back in in a very important role at the end but still. <laughs>
1: yeah, what I'm like, he's I guess the third most significant character in this chapter, but hey, you know what? It's still very good. He got his he got his moment. <laughs> it, well, it's interesting, because it, it feels like, so, I mentioned last week where, like, the end happened, and they were like, it's a new direction for the Yuzukura family, and you were like, maybe this is where we're gonna make that jump over, or something like that, like, maybe this is a literal change, and this this is definitely a chapter that's suggesting a change. <laughs> this is a very different tone for it. But there was a moment where, like, I was like, did they plan for this to be a Now chapter beforehand? And then they had to just crowbar this dude, the, the cool new, like, fucking fanboy characters in for everybody to like. <laughs> and they were like, well, there's no room for Now to do anything cool, so I guess they'll be asleep most <laughs> of the chapter. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> uh, so,
0: it's Mission 19, Government Spies. Said Government Spies are introduced on page one. Uh, of the chapter, they are one of them is reading a little magazine that's about uh, Tayo and uh, uh, Mutsu- Mutsumi is it Mutsumi, it is Mutsumi. Uh, about their wedding ceremony. And uh, they talk a little bit about th- about uh, this while they're heading out of the. I don't know. They beat up like one guy and wrecked about three trucks. It looks like in this for, in this yeah, building, whatever.
1: They, they've done a very big, big mission. Everybody's defeated.
0: Tayo gets a video call from the now while he's got a 500 kilogram weight on him while he's doing pushups, because you know, he's got to get swole mm. and also, you know, be a super spy. Uh, and so he's like, hey, I'm on a, a mission. And
1: it's got a face on it, Nick. It's only the second most distracting, weirdly placed giant face in Shonen Jump this week. So
0: Tayo is like, OK, yeah, I can pick you up where you need me to. And I love the way that uh, Nanau puts this, which is of uh, the evil science laboratory. <laughs> like, he's not even sure where he is. <laughs> Um, But he basically says, like, yeah, so these guys created this new biological weapon, which if it explodes, will kill everything in a 10 kilometer radius. Uh, so I'm going to take this with me, but it'll be too dangerous to just leave it here At to just leave it for now. So uh, I've got to eat it. And he explains, like, yeah, uh, I've got m- m- the ability to detoxify stuff in my body. So I'm just going to do that now to make sure this thing doesn't explode. But it'll take me a few hours to do it properly. And uh, I get really sleepy when I do that. So come pick me up. Bye. <laughs> so Tio heads there. He does have to take out a few guards that I guess now had just not taken out previously. It's weird because we see that now has like gotten into this laboratory and Tied up all of the scientists and stuff. So I guess this large, hooking man with a bucket on his head is very stealthy. He's stealthier than Tayo is.
1: He's very sneaky.
0: And you know, Tio's using his electric gun to stun people and stuff. But all of a sudden, oh, a weight on a chain comes flying uh, towards him. It takes out a guard that was trying to sneak attack him around a corner. Uh, and there's these two guys there. Oh, the spies that were at the, the start of the chapter. And they're in these black trench coats. Um, and, uh, they recognize him of course, but from the magazine, uh, one of them is very serious. One of them is very wacky. So there you go. Typical, you know, hot blooded, cold blooded, uh, pairing. Um, the loud guy is named Inugami and the co- cool guy is named Aoi, which is like, yeah, that, that that sounds about right. You know, you, you name the cool guy Owie, you name the you and the other guy Dog. You know, so yeah. so uh, they demonstrate their abilities a little bit. Inugami's got really strong senses, and he's got his chain thing. Owie's not really doing a whole lot as they make their way through the facility. He's just you know kind of like waiting for his moment. Uh, they come across the now who has, of course, is of course still unconscious, but. Then uh, Tayo gets attacked by Unigami. And he's like, It's our mission to kill that guy. Uh, and uh, he explains that, yeah, you know, this guy became a threat when he swallowed the weapons so over the country's safety. We have to take him out. Uh, yeah, we intercepted your conversation that you had while we were monitoring the laboratory. So we know what's going on here between you guys. So uh, we're going to kill him. So get out of the way. And of course, Tyo refuses. He says, if you want to kill my younger brother, you have to kill me first. And he points his electric gun. And uh, Aoi Byakuya's, uh Tayo, uh, he moves so quickly that we, we just see the after effects of his attack and blood spurting out of Tayo's limbs and torso and his gun chopped into pieces. Uh, and Aoi says, a spy has no need to become emotional as Tayo collapses. Um, he talks down to Taiyo, which Inugami is a bit upset with, but, uh, before they can finish off either Taiyo or complete their mission and now gets up and he's like, hang on a second. I've, I've actually just finished detoxifying the weapon and look, this patch test is evidence that my sweat does not contain any bacterial poison. So... You know, you can still kill me if you want to, but let me give him first aid before you do. But now he's like, well, if you detoxified it, then that's fine. Our mission's complete. There's no more danger. So, sure, I'll, I'll take that test of yours and that'll be, you know, proof for it. And here. And he gives him some Ikaku ointment uh, to cover up uh, his wounds. If you can't tell, I think of a lot of ter- things in terms of bleach, by the way. <laughs> Chainsaw what you, Man's just like so. what,
1: what do you mean, Nick? Just because there's a dude with black hair who's very stoic who uses a sword, and a guy with much more wild hair who uses a weapon with has a giant chain attached, like as a part like a base part of it, who has a much more like vital personality.
0: And just because they are the first guys to give the protagonist his first major defeat, leaving him in a crumpled heap, bleeding everywhere.
1: Mm. <laughs> I don't know where the similarities are. It's not like they're
0: non-standard in tropes, no. but... <laughs> yeah,
1: like Lynch was not the first to do it either. It's just... You kind of said it when you were like, yeah, of course this dude's name's fucking Owie. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Aoi says to Tayo, if your skills are this weak, perhaps it'd be better for the Yozakura family if you died. Uh, and then they leave. And uh, Nanao goes to tense Tayo's wounds while he contemplates the fact that he was defeated so easily so uh much more serious chapter of uh, yuzakura family than usual we you were talking about earlier about the you know, the new change in direction how did you like the chapter though
1: so I, I i when i saw this happen i was like okay this makes sense i know yuzakura family has not been doing crazy well in the rankings So the idea turned into a much more of like a standard battle shounen is the thing. Uh, When you do it, these are exactly the kinds of characters you introduce, the characters who are immediately cool that'll get people saying, oh, I like this. I want to see more of these guys. Like, usually it's like the cold, stoic kind of character that really kind of resonates with 14 year olds, like, to be completely frank. So when you see these characters show up, I'm like, okay. So what's what's the unique things about them and how does this kind of make the story going forward? And honestly, the most
0: one of them has glasses and swings a chain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well the thing that's most interesting to me is that they're government agents. They're specifically they mm. work for the government. So when you look at that, you have to say, All right, well, they seem to have relatively speaking a non like they don't kill Taya on site. Because they're like, hey, you're useful to this mission. But I, I, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, you could do interesting things by even necessarily saying maybe the government's doing something evil that the Yuzakura family is trying to stop, or maybe the Yuzakura family is suddenly made enemies of the government, so these guys have to go after them. Something along those lines. Like, I'm just trying to see how these pieces add up, because unlike with Hit- More, Hitman Reborn, where it was also kind of like A young goofy character suddenly became the head of a mafia family like the actual kid in reborn was like the full-on leader of the family and everyone else were kind of just his friends whereas this one you're like i mean tayo's there but everyone else in the family is way stronger than he is so i'm like in my mind i'm trying to like piece together how these two meet without having to deal with the fact that there's like Seven stronger members of the actual right. Yuzaqora family to to deal with as well. So I'm,
0: it, I'm you in, mean it like kind of removes the tension of can Tayo beat these guys? Of like, well, if he can't, then his bigger his family will anyway. So
1: or something along like I'm just trying to see how these meet. So this is I think this is actually a decent chapter to kind of introduce everything in my mind. I'm always trying to like think like all right, how does this meld together? Like what does this get me excited for? And I'm like. I guess Ow and Tayo having another fight, but in my mind, I'm like, well, one's a government agent, one's a spy. I'm trying to think, like, where they meet that it feels natural with, like, a big build up to it, and I can't quite see that yet, so I guess I need to see a little bit more to see if they're actually trying to build up this guy as, like, a real first antagonist, or if they're going to be like, this is, like the anti-hero on the side and we're going to get like a, a different villain or mm-hmm. something like that later on. Like, this is just why follow, just
0: just fo- it just follows him instead. as <laughs> he <laughs> no, goes he and kills, kills all the members of
1: Akatsuki. <laughs> <laughs> a very cool shink <laughs> and then we just see like Akatsuki explode. Ah! <laughs> what did you uh, think Nick? Um I'm
0: in two minds about it. Uh, for a while now, I've kind of been like, okay, you know, there, this series needs to do something different in order to actually like have legs. I thought that it was at its best when it was kind of like it was serious, but the things that were happening were goofy, mm-hmm. uh, like in the first chapter. Um, and the big issue that I have with this is that the stuff that happens within this chapter is very standard once it gets to the more serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, so nothing really about, uh, you know, these two government agents has really stood out to me yet. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm interested to see what will happen, uh, with them and how this new direction is going to affect the, the, the series. But, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not incredibly optimistic about it right now. No, so you have we'll a see. good
1: point. It's a good way of putting it too. where, There's not actually anything that feels super unique about them. I do want to note, though, I do appreciate that they gave Nanao a cool ability. And he's like, I can detoxify things, but it makes me really sleepy. Mm, It's like a food (laughs) coma and just goes to sleep. You're like, all right, cool. (laughs) Let's see how we (laughs) use this later on.
0: All right. Samurai 8, Chapter 33,
1: Partner. Okay, so samurai 8 is getting progressively better at doing half of a chapter well <laughs> it's really it's reaching a point where like it could do half the chapter i'm like i'm into this and then the other half falls apart but we're getting closer like i feel like maybe like one more page every week is good before it just becomes <laughs>
0: nonsense so last time they got past benkei through everyone's combined efforts And Send the Silent launched his rocket hand to try and pull the key out before it launched the planet-destroying laser thing. And it starts to do that the count of one. But we, like, hit one while cutting outside of the Starkiller base. And then when we cut back inside, um, Hayataro is there too, Mm -hmm. helping pull the key out. And it's like... So so is like, the original Hayataro, way to go, little guy. And it's like. Did he actually help at all though? Because the hand was already on the
1: key pulling it out. It looks like he jumped up to help give it like some momentum from below. Yeah, but that's so... not clear from the single no, image though. Not really.
0: It's what happens when you don't do establishing shots. Um Starkiller base stops and shuts down. And so they're like, we did it! The launch stopped! Yay! Hurrah! Um,
1: <laughs> My favorite this... is the torso dudes who are like, yeah! <laughs> it's <Weird. so laughs> <we won. laughs> the one fucking silly way this series works that these torso, like, these legless guys are like, we did it, everybody!
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen the gif? It's like... <sighs> It's from one of the WWE games, uh, 2K13 or 14 or something like that. So there's a shot of like, I think you're supposed to like beat NWO Hogan or something like that. So if you fail you to do that. so. He's
1: really tough.
0: <laughs> so if you fail the story. He beat mission, Kevin Nash with just a
1: finger poke.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he beat Sting. <laughs> <laughs> So if you fail to do it though like there's this shot of NWO Hogan just grinning and getting, like thumbs up and then it fades to a shot that goes you lose <laughs> so, so people have gift that and see Hogan like you lose <laughs> so it's the, you know the inverse of this these guys be like yeah we did We're it done. everybody where are my intestines um, send radios down to the planet. It's like we captured Benke and seized his ship. Uh, everyone who's a, down the planet is a criminal. Surrender, and they're like, so the criminals were like, we're saved, and then they're like, oh no, we're under arrest. We're not saved. <laughs> Thank God, Send the Silent was here.
1: <laughs> this dude does not do a chapter without a monologue in it. <laughs> Every member of the Federation has ironic nicknames. Like they're like that's Sen, the the hilarious, and he just walks up and he's just like penis, and it, like walks. <laughs> they're he's like very. He's very funny. I swear he chooses
0: his words very wisely.
1: <laughs> From down the hall, you just there, Penis. Like all right, he does. He goes to the penis well a lot. <laughs>
0: Look, whenever he plays the penis game, he becomes Sen the not silent at all.
1: <laughs> but ironically... He
0: refuses, he refuses to play that game.
1: But ironically, he's never a better samurai than when he's playing the penis game. <laughs> like, his soul becomes white, he's fucking faster than everybody else... He's got to let him play it.
0: His maiden prays really hard for him to scream that
1: word. It's, it's strange, because... It, <laughs> He's basically the police chief. So there's really no reason he couldn't just shout penises as out as he wants. There's no social taboo that he's breaking, which is the entire crux of the game. But to him, this is this is the World Series and it happens three times a day.
0: <laughs> so they're like we're going to ne- it's going to be difficult to take Benke as is. He's too big for us to like transport him. So the former Kotsuga, whose name I keep forgetting because I don't fucking care. <laughs> Sonda. Thank you. Uh, is like, allow me. And he steps up to Benke and like climbs up onto his weird monster body. And he's like, you lied to me the entire time. And I trusted you. And Benke is like, yeah, you're kind of a gullible. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: basically what he says. And you know what? This could have been... A brilliant moment where after Ben K loses, he's just a really shitty smarmy heel about it. He's just like, Yep, you're a big fucking goober, and you do all these stupid things because you were easy to manipulate and trick. But then he's like, Hey, turns out your dad was kind of a shithead too. And you're like, all right, let's kinda of end it there. And you're like, No, no, let's go a little oh, bit so further. <laughs> I tricked your mom too. Fuck you. They're like, all right, well, let's let's go a little bit further. Why don't we why don't we try to see if one more time we could do the old whose side is Cassandra really on trick.
0: Can you imagine if like every time that Randy Orton came out, it's like, and I am the greatest and you were all bought it. And I'm better. if someone were like, but what does he really want to do? <laughs> you can't insert intrigue into every angle is what I mean. Sometimes the story is super obvious and you just got to go accept that and roll with it. Oh, man.
1: But hey, can we appreciate it that we got Big Show to come back and he didn't turn heel on the same night? <laughs> so, <man. laughs>
0: I was thinking people because they were like, oh, so they've got to have a mystery tag team partner. Who could it be? Maybe it'll be Jeff Hardy returning. Maybe it'll be, you know, some other member who could, you know, benefit from being in a main event angle. You know, some face who's kind of lost. Maybe it'll be Big <laughs> Show.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I guess he was really annoyed that his like twenty-year streak of wrestling on Monday Night Raw was finally broken. <laughs> he was like, "Fine, I'll do it this year then."
0: <laughs> Anyhow, uh, Benke goes into a speech. He's got so many speeches prepared. He, he goes into his archive of like, in case I'm defeated, I better have a speech ready. <laughs> and he's like. Because Yoshitsune had everything that I did not, and I wanted it at all.
1: Whatever. I mean
0: people the- seek perfection and completion in themselves and in others. Everyone keeps their flaws a secret and feigns perfection. And Hachimaru once more feels shame because he lied about himself to make himself look better. And so Benkei's like,
1: I'm going to talk for several more pages. <laughs> I was like, look, that's that's good justification right there. Why did Ben K do all this? He's kind of just a greedy asshole. We know he's that he does he doesn't have anything special about him. He was a low significance samurai. He was an attendant to somebody else. Why did he do everything he did? It's because he's just been kind of greedy and he wants everything. And he you just can even
0: he wanted to be the emperor of of, of Odin, you yeah.
1: Know? And you can Perfect. even have that moment too where Hachimaru thinks, like, wow. I kind of was just like that it might have been more effective if we'd had him looking towards on instead of like a flashback yeah. but hey we can't always like this is also meant for children so you know sometimes you have to be direct with these things out right but it's every. So then, it's like the next page happens you're like all right fine just fuck it i guess
0: so Sada's like if you transfer one billion yen to me right now i will spare you and Ben K like I immediately trust you is
1: <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> This hasn't done me poorly in the past five minutes or so. Like, he bet- like it was like two chapters ago he betrayed you. I think it was the last chapter he betrayed you.
0: I was comparing him to Randy Orton earlier. So, clearly, I should have been comparing him to Sting. So, I, All right, but the, don't you
1: betray me. The moment you see him be like, Hey, why don't you just transfer me a billion dollars and I'll get you out of this. And it's him like, <laughs> you're like, what? What? You. what in your mind thinks this plan is going to work? Let's say he is working for you. You're surrounded by people much stronger than you. <laughs> and this dude has proven himself to suck. How are you getting out of this? Also, you were just like,
0: you're a fucking easily manipulated idiot. And your dad's an easily manipulated idiot. And your mom's an easily manipulated idiot. And that was why I killed them and took everything that they had and made you my manservant. If you give me a billion dollars, then I will let you go. You got it, bro. He's <laughs> like, ha, ha ha, what a deal so sonda turns on everyone holding a sword out they're like no how could you and then he just immediately turns back around and cuts back his head off
1: i don't even what was he turned to
0: turn his back on the person he's swinging his sword at in order to draw the sword or something what
1: what is the point of the haha i'm actually not with you no i am like who was that for think okay, it's like, oh, you bastard, you tricked me! <laughs> and, like... and I also like, so there's a moment where Sen's like, hey, uh, he's too big, we're gonna have to transport him in this. And Sonda grabs it and says, allow me. And Sen looks at him and then quietly closes his eyes and nods. And this could be a moment where you could say, Sen, the sound is a great wise character. He realizes he's kind a, of what this is. He's a good judge of character. This is yes. his catharsis. The moment Sanda does his thing, his first thing's like, huh? Well, he's like, what are they whispering <laughs> about? What are they doing? I have no, I have no control over this situation anymore. PS <laughs> <Penis! laughs> Not now! <laughs> I need all my thoughts!
0: <laughs> I've gotta control myself.
1: Ah, stop praying for me to shout penis really loudly. <laughs> I find penis. <laughs> that was my endorphins released. I'll be able to clearly think my way through this situation. <laughs> All right, so
0: so Sana has a speech prepared for this because he's like, I'm not just I'm just not that good of a guy. I'm not perfect either. Also, you might have many secrets, but there's one thing I can tell. And that is you have no real partner. You are alone. And he's like standing next to you like we're buddies. And Ben Guy's got nothing to say to this. He just goes when uh, he's put in the head prison.
1: <laughs> ah, drat.
0: I hope that that is. As large as the as the as the uh transportation thing actually gets. Like you, you have to just chop somebody down until they're ahead in order to transport them. You can't even uh do uh like their torso or anything like that. That's what it seems so, to indicate, yeah. We uh, we do get the explanation of, like, this thing actually shuts down the regenerative powers of whoever's inside it. So it's like, oh, it makes perfect sense, actually, for them to have this thing. Uh, so, yeah, they got the billion yen. And uh, Sanda immediately hands it over to Hachimaru. And he's like, yeah, that's uh, what, what, what you're owed. You won the tournament, so you take it. And he bows his head to Hachimaru and says, hey, you helped me avenge my parents, so thank you. Uh, but then he says... You're like me, aren't you? I'll risk my life to save you if you need to avenge someone. So keep that in mind and someday tell me more about yourself. And Hachamar thinks and
1: so. like, I'm not that deep! <laughs>
0: uh, so Sanda actually does something really cool where he's like, hey, I was helping Benkei, but Ryu had nothing to do with this. He's perfectly innocent here. Just, just let him go. Um and sends like, well, I've already basically made my report about what's going on, and um the the judge from Zoids is going to come here to uh to to pass judgment. Um and he's like, the court case will be settled by AI jurors within 30 minutes. I'm like, this seems like a flawed system immediately.
1: Guilty, Like, really? That's the <laughs> 90,000 guilty verdict verdicts enacted in a row, I guess? The machine's flawless! They're like, hey, uh, there's a big switch in the back that seems to be blinking, do you think we should take a look at that? Like, nah.
0: <laughs> Um, I love also that sense, like, you have the right to speak in court, but it will not be taken very heavily into account. <laughs> Again, flawed system! They're
1: like, you know, on the account of the robots. Right! <laughs> <laughs> Like, aren't we robots? (laughs) One of the robot judges is just, you know,
0: if it pleases the court, I understand that things are very seriously taken into account. uh, And I need you to understand that.
1: Boring! (laughs) Not interested! We have have no emotions! Strip him of his testicles! (laughs) And make him dance! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ha ha ha, look at you dancing, you dickless asshole. They're like, it's weird, you say you don't have emotions, but you really seem to take enjoyment out of seeing humans be hurt. Yes! <laughs> Asimov's fourth law! <laughs> Forget all the rules, the points don't matter, the Drew Carey rule!
0: Alright, so, um... The judges show up, and they're like, "This place has served as a hideout for all kinds of illicit activity." It seems, but all wicked plans come to light sooner or later, and now this case will go into the books. <laughs> These last three pages were like entirely pointless. I don't really get it. I mean, the the planet looks different. Okay, it's got a face.
1: Well, all no, right. It's this is this is like. So you know there was that moment in uh Skypea where they, they they show early on that sometimes when lightning strikes, you can see silhouettes from above on the ground yeah. and it looks like giants, and you saw giants yeah. fight. And the end of one of Skypea has Luffy striking an error and ringing the bell, and everybody down below has seen it. This is supposed to be that big moment. Where we've seen this planet get scarred several times. So we've seen this giant space station move closer and closer. And and then this uh hidden bubble disappears. It's and what's behind is a winking face. Because winking was very, very significant towards this fight. Now... I'm not sure who this context is for because no one seems to be looking at this being like, huh, winky face. Like, it's not like Sonda and, and Ryu are like, oh, like what we do or anything like that. It's nothing. This is for the audience. And the yeah. first thing I see is I'm like, why is there a giant emoji in space? <laughs> like, it's like, maybe you should have thought this through a little bit more. Because I understand after looking at it for a while, I was like, oh, it's supposed to be like the wink that they do. But the first time you see it, I was like, is this like a giant villain insignia that just got revealed? Or <laughs> what is this?
0: So, yeah. Um, first chapter of the new year. And uh, we got a whole bunch of potential what the fuck moments of the year. All in one chapter, Chris. <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> I, like, when I got to the end of the chapter, I would like look at it a couple times. It's like, who's this for? It wasn't like the winking thing was so cool. It had to be done on like an environmental level for me to appreciate. <laughs> it's executed.
0: It's executed. So in such a boring way to your point about Ryu and Sanda, like if we'd had a shot of, cause we just see the cloak disappearing as these featureless bricks float through space <laughs> towards it. It completely unnecessary to have this wide shot happening across two and a half pages you could have easily just had a little moment of, like, two pan- two panels mm-hmm. of Ryu and Sanda look out the window. They see this. We don't see it yet, what's being revealed. So the first one is them reacting in shock. The second one is them kind of smiling or sharing a little look or something like that. And then you reveal what's been revealed to their eyes. But, like, even if this... Even with just what has happened in the series, because the Wikiface face thing. not a huge thing, it's a symbol of it's them holding their arms up, but way yeah. less effective, you know, but it was something that was private to them as opposed to, yeah, a huge lore thing or something like uh, what you're talking about. But it, it would have still been much more effective than just like, here's what the planet looks like.
1: It means it means something to them. And the thing you can't forget is they can't see it. They're in the spaceship that makes up the eye. The only people who are seeing the winky face in the fiction of the universe are the police. They're like, huh, that fucking winky space, like planet. Sweet, I guess.
0: So no one's in a position to even appreciate no, this detection no that we actually care about. Yeah.
1: You're just like It's I, I guess cool. Thanks. It's like fuck man, I really did I feel like there's a piece of jump that's been missing since both Kishimoto and Kubo have been out of the magazine and I'm glad a little piece of it's sticking around where you're just like Give sure.
0: <laughs> me a new Kubo series please oh. so I can hate so I so I can just be like this is stupid.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zip man. Zrip. Sure. Uh Operation five angel gorilla. So this was a bit of a different chapter for this series. Um, so kagami has got to go to school because uh, Koshiro insists that he maintain his cover despite them working together as Zipman. man. Uh, so Kagami had the idea of, I know, I'll pretend that you're a weird backpack and carry you to school. So he's just got this huge, lumpy thing he's, with the face that he's carrying around. And Koshiro keeps on thinking, he's like, oh my god, it's so obvious. It's so obvious everyone's going to see through this, this is so obvious. And Kagami's trying to do stuff like, oh my gosh, this backpack is so convenient! It can carry so much, and the zipper's so big!
1: <laughs> very, um, very subtle about that
0: there. Well, but people think because he's, you know, super scary because yeah. he's like, I can fit anything in here. People are like, oh, my God, oh he my God he's bomb. going to kill us. He's going to us in that bag. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Sheena um, tackle Glomp Hugs. Uh, uh, Konami, uh, Kagami when she sees him and is like, oh, you're alive after that fight that you had where you ran off and didn't touch base with me afterwards. Uh, and, uh, so she's really happy to see him safe and sound. Um, and she's like, you know, I was really scared, but that big guy rescued me and he was really cool. And I'll have to thank him when I see him. And of course the brothers are like, Oh, we can't tell her. And then she's like, what's with this backpack? It's really cute. And for some reason it reminds me of Koshiro. And so they run away uh and Kosher just comments, China always did have good intuition. So that is why she ran and was like, Your backpack reminds me of your dead brother. So it's not a stupid comment if it's entirely accurate, Chris. You can't say that. No. Um they overhear someone saying that uh, a girl in class three was talking to the Phantom Cosplayer. So immediately it's like, oh, a chance to investigate. And the girl in question that apparently was getting to talk to this person uh, is this kind of lonely girl with glasses sitting by herself. Uh, and Konami's like, oh, hey, you're eating right? Can I talk to you? She runs away. Uh, so the entire chapter is basically about Koshiro trying to teach his brother, this is how you, like, talk to people in order to get them to tell you stuff. And it keeps on not working. We just get, you know... A sequence of events that happen is is Konami tries to approach her in various different ways. Uh, He tries to, you know, like imitate what she's doing in art class and he draws a scary looking version of the portrait that she draws. Uh, He tries to uh, observe her interests and use that to get close to her. But eventually he needs to do something his own way, which is to. Play a song from a show that he realizes that she likes stand up in the middle of the of the school grounds on top of the statue pedestal. I do love that. They've that the statue broke when they ramped off of it a few chapters ago. And so they're just like, we just got to like keep the statue here where it should be next. <laughs>
1: so it's, it's just, just like a constant side thing. now.
0: We'll fix it eventually. It's a nice little little continuity detail. Um, But he's like, from having actually observed her, he's like, "Oh, there's some otaku show that you really like." So he's taking in a, direct, a direct approach and trying to um, bond with her over this. Is like, "You're a you're a big fan of this idol group, and I am familiar with them because they did the, uh, they did a theme song for the Jackman movie." Uh, so you know, I think that we have a lot in common, because uh, you know, I really like that song too. So can we talk? Um, but this actually works because uh the car is like oh well you know you're everyone says how scary you are but you're trying so hard to you know be nice and friendly that i think that that's actually really funny so they may, they do bond over that and uh he asks about the fandom cosplayer and she's like oh well when i was heading to school someone said you're just as great as her why don't you join our club and gave me this business card and she hands over this card that reads club zip down prime member brave so uh a bit of a different chapter for this series some character developments on a few different fronts potentially introducing a new supporting cast member uh i did like it it was a bit odd to come at this moment i was definitely expecting much more like okay we got to keep on doing the action stuff but I guess we got to do more to establish like, okay, here's some more of what's going on as they get closer to this organization. And hopefully we'll find out a little bit more about them soon.
1: So uh, this chapter was kind of interesting to me because it was kind of a, a unique way of showcasing the two of them where there's this problem. They need to get in touch with this girl. But the issue is. Kanada has such a shitty reputation at school, the whole Angel Densetsu situation where everyone thinks he's a super violent person just because of the way he looks. So how do we approach that? And, and 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 Koshiro's way of doing it is like, all right, analytical. Let's look at her. Let's analyze her uh, her body language. Let's see what she's doing, all these things. And it's like, okay, well, that's not working because it's actually, it, it's not... Honestly, the way it doesn't work is because Kaname's the, the fucking idiot who just keeps kind of ruining things but like what does kanane bring to the table and it's like well the answer to that and to honestly everything that develops kaname is jackman where it's like he's supposed to kind of be you know where koshiro is this sort of uh analytical personality kaname is supposed to be the one who has more emotional intelligence right and he kind of
0: it's the brain and the heart
1: yeah so he he sees her and he's <clears> like oh I know that thing she she's eating. It's related to this group, and I know the person she's looking at. And she must be a really big fan. So someone like that—that's you know, like that's how I connect with them, or something like that. And I feel like for this series to be able to run for a really like a good amount of time, we need to establish that Konami can have a heart to people that doesn't require a fucking jackman connection to be the number one thing that connects. So, like it really is a moment where I'm just like. They're like, we got to go back in time and stop the Kennedy assassination. Thankfully, the book depository was used in an early promo shot for a Jackman episode. And that's how we managed to like, that's our in in every situation. It's just like there was some weird Jackman trivia about this that we had to catch in on. So I I, I I do like I
0: get the impression you're not going to get that, Chris. (laughs) The prior chapter to this one his big speech to the villain after defeating them was go back and watch it again and think about what you've done.
1: Well, like so... no, well, that, that kind of worked. Cause it's at least being like, Hey, you like this, like in this world where people are becoming super villains based off of characters from TV shows, it's something where you're like, Oh, okay. He, he understands these things. So he watches them and he's like, Hey, I'm not trying to explain to you why morality-wise this is wrong, but I'm explaining to you why your hero who you look up to wouldn't approve of this, because that's what they would do is wrong. Something like that. That's fine. It's when in here, where he he has this moment where he connects with her, but it all hinges upon the fact he's like, huh, I understand. I, I remember that pastry. Oh, it was some kind of combination with Jackman and someone else. What was it? And that's the catalyst for fucking everything. It always has to be some Jackman connection to get in on. You imagine
0: they're like, all right, the War of 1812 was started over what?
1: It had something to do with Jack, man. (laughs) No, it didn't. He's like, but I believe a central character from that conflict was then named... Uh, as a historical reference for a character in Jackman, like it's it's like it's like six degrees of Jackman for everything he does. <laughs> like they're just like the the house is on fire. What are we going to do? He's like house is on fire. Fire. There's a fire based villain in Jack place for association. Jack. Fire! Fire needs to be put out. Fire creates smoke. Smoke sometimes leads. Smoke was one of the ninjas in Mortal Kombat. The other ninja, Sub Zero. Sub Zero, blue, blue, ice, ice, blue, ice. No, sometimes ice melts, becomes water. We can put out that house with water. That, like it burned down <laughs> thirty minutes ago. Jack man. <laughs> You ruined everything. All right. <laughs> We never learn. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about we never learn. Question one hundred forty two. Evanescent mermaid is dampened by the promised X part one. The so, promised what? The promised what? Pizza Bet. Sorry. Promised Pizza Bet. It was a very long title and I got very distracted.
0: An evanescent uh, Mermaid is dampened by the Promised Neverland part one.
1: Yeah, sorry. I said did I say Neverland?
0: No, no, no. Oh, okay. I used to Pizza Bet that time. Oh, okay. But this
1: All right. So they're on their school, their graduation trip, and it's worth noting that the other two girls who wouldn't necessarily be there are also there. Uh, Every, all the girls are there. Everyone's yes. there, basically. They're uh, not
0: uh, coming off of this mountain until the harem situation has been settled.
1: Yeah. Uh, so specifically, they say, like, oh, okay, you know, we, they invited Asumi. She's like, I'm really thankful for doing that. They're like, no, you should thank uh, Kirisu because it's actually her family whose lodge we're staying at, and that's kind of what made all this possible. So there's a very big moment on that. Uh, There's a joke about how Ogata and Uega can't ski at all because they have zero athletic ability, which I was like, bullshit, bullshit. How is Uega that cut? And he has zero athletic ability. I don't understand how those two things are possible.
0: This is the man who nearly missed his exams because he slipped down the stairs. So
1: it was very snowy. So is it right now? (laughs) I guess. You know what? (laughs) Fair point. I'm going to take back everything. Uh, so, yeah. Yuega's like, you know what? It's good. You know, we get to have this nice trip. Everything's really great. You know, we get to really just spread our wings and have some fun. We don't have to worry about finals anymore. Everything's going to be okay. And then Aruka comes by and she's doing like a 780 in the air. And then she lands. She's like, I love how the slopes are so empty. And Yuega's like, and we cut to a flashback about what happened after the end of last chapter. And I love the way it starts because she's like, I love you. I'm crazy about you. And this isn't a joke. I'm not trying to practice this for anything. Like, I want to make sure I'm
0: not going back on this.
1: There's I'm, no I'm, this bullshit is, here. Yeah, I love you and I've loved you for the past five years. The entire time I've been in love with you and you is speechless. He's like, what do you mean? And she, she said she had a crush. No, wait, no, no, she didn't, but I don't, I, in the past five years, and she said,
0: hey! He can't process it, basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: She's like, hey, you know, we're probably not actually gonna get to see each other after this very much, so I'm glad I told you, because actually, I impressed the the uh, whatever, the the coach overseas so much, they want me to come even before school starts, so I'm actually gonna be leaving right after graduation, so kind of just in a few days, and, you know, I'll probably just have to train off my butt 24-7 after that, so you don't need to say anything back to me, but before graduation, how about we all go on a trip together? And that's where we are now. We're all on this big trip, and Uega's really nervous. He keeps, like, turning away every time he sees Aruka, because he's still trying to process all of this. Um, there's a bunch of, like, small jokes, like, you know, Ogata sets up, like, a little ramen, or a little udon fucking restaurant that's shaped like a bunny somewhere uh they go sing karaoke and there's a moment where kirisu's like i don't want to sing and they're like why because you have a bad voice and they're like no she's a fucking wonderful voice but she only likes singing old japanese folk songs and she only does that because she gets drunk there's a bad scene that i am very thankful to say i can 100% completely cut from this there's not even, like, a side piece of, like, narrative thrown into it. It's just fame no, service jokes. No,
0: it, it is just a joke about, about boobs. Yeah.
1: It's not even like that scene in Black no, Clover. Or...
0: There's no relevance to it whatsoever. Yeah. It's not like Eden Zero where they have a very long conversation about what they're thinking about or anything like that. While well, there's, uh, oh, look, oh, no, the camera went behind her butt. Yeah. It's literally just like,
1: we're all naked. It's not like, uh, what was it, Black Clover, the like a couple months ago, where it was just like, we're bathing each other, but and- yeah, <laughs> you've, you've, really, you've really improved my morale or anything like that. Nothing, uh, but uh, Aruka gets out of the bath first, and Yuega's working on he's like kind of just cleaning up, and he's like, ah, I really need to, you know, find a moment to, to talk to Aruka alone. He says that out loud, and she's like, did you call me? And he's like, ah, uh, well, uh, hey, uh, 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 and he can't find Get any him. words to say, and she's staring at him, and he's like, "I need to talk to her. I don't know. She confessed her feelings for me. I guess the next step would be to talk about whether or not we're in a relationship. But I, I mean, how she's felt for the past five years." Uh, and he stares at her. He's like, "What is Aruka Takaboto to me?" And steam shoots out of his ears, and he gets really flushed, and then he crashes. And Aruka says, oh, my God, he's buried up with the fever. Help somebody. I do really like
0: a lot of the stuff that goes on uh, in this chapter, Um, because the stuff I mean, like like, Aruka has an incredibly mature approach to things in terms of like, I don't think a long term relationship is going to work out. So I don't need to hear your answer. But this was something I needed to tell you. So now it's out there and, you know. She can go on with the rest of her life without regrets, basically. That's where she is right now. Um, But also the stuff that Yuiga is going through, like these are all very realistic like things to have weighing on your mind. Um, And, you know, for a kid who has never had to deal with the situation before, his reaction to it where he's just like, Thinking about it like seemingly constantly uh, once he once he goes, goes on that train and literally he it like physically affects him because he's so caught up in his own head. That's actually quite realistic. It's portrayed comedically, but yeah, it all and all the stuff that he's thinking about, they're all very important questions that he's going to have to work through. Like he what is what the hell does it mean to him to know now that she has felt this way about him? How do I feel about her? depending on how I feel about her, what should I do? There's a lot to have to work through. Um, I did actually look a little bit into the anime after you told uh, me about what you had heard about it. Uh-huh. And it does seem as though things were implied that Uruka was the girl. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's an anime-only uh, well, not,
0: not Well, even beyond that, like if it were something like and then they hooked up and they held hands while well, going away together. That would be one thing. It's not uh, basically like Uruka goes away on her trip and she there is a shot that implies that she was the girl who helped him up during the firework ceremony. That's basically <laughs> all that actually happened. Um, I'm sure that we're going to get a lot of stuff focusing on you relationships with different girls. And I wonder if this is going to be a thing where Uruka gets put on a bus so that We have the thing where she, yes, confessed to you, but that's something that's going to kind of be like, okay, now she's going to go away for a bit. And then we're going to deal with that later after the stuff with the other girls gets resolved and we settle on how they feel about each other. Then, Um, I mean, it seems to me as though this is basically what what the hook's. Remaining in the series are are who's we are going to end up with, and how are things with the other characters and his interpersonal relationships with them? How are they going to turn out? So they passed their tests. So that's what we're, we're left with. So I guess this is what we're going to do for the la- the last couple of months run of this series. So
1: yeah, no, I I definitely I dig it. Um... Well, we'll see exactly where this goes. We're a part one, so we know this is going to be a sequence of chapters. Yep. It'll be curious, because they they do put a very tight time frame on things. Like, we already knew We Never Learned was coming closer to the end than it ever was, but now it's even more so specifically when it comes to Aruka. They're like, she's leaving right after graduation, so... As I mean, soon as
0: this arc is done, she's leaving basically. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: if she, I mean, maybe we still have, I, 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 we could still process all that. I don't think it discludes her from necessarily being the one girl who ends up with them at the end because, right. I mean, hell, if you even look at Nisakoi, they essentially did that relationship, but like they didn't really see each other for yep. a while, and then they saw each other later on, and now they're a couple yep. or something like that. So you could definitely do that, but it is curious. So like this might be the final Aruka arc of the whole series, so it's interesting.
0: From a guy who knows, long-term relationships can be difficult, but just because someone's going away doesn't mean that you can't be with them. So, all right, Chris, it's time for Chainsaw Man. <laughs> Careful, Chris—that's the sound that demons hear when they are revived into onto Earth. So.
1: they hear me doing it. Yes. <laughs> Chapter fifty-three.
0: In a dream. Uh. We get a shot of Denji as a young boy, teenager, preteen, younger than he currently is. Standing at a bizarre, in front of a bizarre doorway that seems to have an eye looking through it. And there's a voice that comes from the other side of the door that says, don't open it. And then he wakes up. And, uh, Meowie is sleeping next to him. Uh. Which power gets upset about when they have breakfast because she's like, "Why did you you went and slept with him? Even though I'm back now, how dare you, you traitor! Unfaithfulness is one of humanity's most foolish traits."
1: Like the cat, like you just see it, like reaching out. Like I'd be great if it was just going for the eggs. It's like, give me them eggs.
0: <laughs> Denji's still depressed about Reze. Um, everything kind of makes him think about her, and he's like, "My heart was stolen away by her." I may never feel joy or sadness again for the rest of my life. And then Makima shows up and is like, Hey, so I'm going to go and visit Enoshima. Do you guys want to come with me? And Denji's like,
1: yay! His face is the greatest thing where one eye is huge, but looking out to the sky He's and the other one squinted. Ah!
0: That's why I hate Denji. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I fucking love that face so much. And it makes sense, like... It like denji's sort of like this hyper accentuated personality of a teenager and of course after his first heartbreak he's like i'm never going to get over this i'll never feel joy or sadness again for the rest of my life i'm an empty shell and then another girl who likes is like want to go on a vacation he's like "Yippee!"
0: fucking idiot <laughs> i know it's like consistent and it's like good writing and but he's I just don't like him when he's like this uh <laughs> i love that like so denji's of course like yeah yes and then aki's like yeah yeah sure we'll go with you and then power looks at makima and is like i have an urgent meeting that day and makima's gonna be like we haven't chosen a day that we're going yet power's just literally just like i just Ah, uh, no, can't make it. No, nope, no, nope. too busy at the uh, office doing work things. Like, you you work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I know your schedule. <laughs> uh, so, Denji's immediately like, Yay, we get to go on a trip together. And the door opens up, and a bunch of guys in suits come storming in. Uh, there is whispering between them and Makima as everyone kind of wonders what's going on. And they're like, Okay, we got a problem turn on the tv to see oh hey look it's denji in chainsaw devil form uh during the fight in the streets uh and people are wondering if oh is is this an ally is it an enemy uh he's wearing the uniform of the public safety devil hunter though uh so what's what's going on there so makima says like that she's been imposing restrictions on the media to try and prevent stuff from getting out but it didn't work this time it was too public a fight um both Power and Denji, of course, immediately missed the point because Power's like, Denji's fighting on a train! And Denji's like, being on TV is awesome! And everyone's just like... Yeah, sure. Makima says that little bomb fulfilled her task. Basically, although they didn't successfully capture the Chainsaw Devil, now the whole world knows the Chainsaw Devil is in Japan, so other governments are going to want him. Uh, those like Denji, who aren't devils or fiends, are incredibly valuable, uh, and so Aki is like, "Well, but if you know the bomb was a Soviet assassin, why would they deliberately increase their competition?" And Makima says, "Probably what's going on is they just don't want her to have the Chainsaw Devil under her command." Then G and Power immediately like, "So we're going to Inoshima, right? What is that? An island?" And Power says a really weird thing. She says. As a matter of fact, my summer home is on Inoshima. It's like she just like randomly bullshitting for no reason, because
1: I thought that was a trait of hers. I might be mistaken. I thought she did just say random shit because she could. She just lies randomly. Just lies. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's a
0: cat. Yeah. Of course, Makima says the trip is postponed, which depresses Denji. Uh, she immediately starts taking action about stuff. She's you know, issuing orders and everything. And then she's just like, the trip's postponed. And Makima's, and Power's like, yeah, we don't have to go on a trip with Makima! Whoa! <laughs> uh, Makima warns Denji that there are going to be assassins coming from all over the world trying to kill him. And she says, consider yourself without freedom for the foreseeable future. Place some under house arrest, basically. Uh... She walks off. uh, Aki also goes uh, along with the other agents in her. And she says that she is putting him on the gun devil operation. So try not to die during all of this. We'll need everyone's strength to kill it. Aki has a flashback to a conversation he had with the angel devil. uh, Who basically explains to him some devil lore. Which is devils don't die. I mean if they die and they turn to ash. As long as people fear their true name, they'll come back in a, to life in another form. But they don't revive into this world. They come back in hell. And then, I don't know if this is true or false, devils who die in hell barely come to this world. They have an endless cycle of death and rebirth. Aki's um, like, so what, you don't remember? He's like, well, do you remember being born? Fuck you. you know. But uh, he says... Listen, don't tell anyone what I'm about to tell you, but I've asked the other special division devils and none of them remember hell, but they do remember the last sound they heard before dying in hell. The sound, which is... And the sound is the same thing for all of them. I started Chainsaw's engine during that battle and the brrrrm sound he made, it was the same sound as that. So... Very big hint about why the Chainsaw Devil is so important and why people are after Denji.
1: There was a moment where he's just like, I wanted to be like, don't you remember your mother's room? It's about like, but I do. I remember my mother's room because (laughs) of my baby memories. Like, you don't belong.
0: Listen, I I need, look, my series is ending. So I need a new place to hang out from now on. And
1: uh, you guys seem pretty cool. Yeah, I like (laughs) this. There's a bunch of boo-touching talk, which, hey, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm definitely like moving in that direction, so, you know, I do get ahead of the curb. Like 11? Something like that? Aren't you like 15?
0: It's like, no, no, pretty sure I'd remember if I was. i kind of my my memories.
1: I can remember every calendar I've ever seen. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's something you can't say you did. Touche.
0: Uh, The last few pages, however, are introducing some new weird characters, a a trio of brothers who uh, have a new job. And uh, they're like, oh, hey, apparently if we kill this chainsaw guy and bring him back to America, they'll pay us two million dollars. So it's dangerous. We'd have to get him from public safety and police protection. But yeah. Uh, But one of them has got scars over his eyes says, this seems dangerous. We could die. We should turn this down. Uh, But another one's like, Die. We don't die. Can you imagine the moment of my death? What about this idiot? Can you, can you imagine your own death? The gun devil leveled our entire house and we didn't die. Even though mom, dad, and grandma all died. Even when we get swallowed by a devil. Even when our place was on fire. Even when all three of us got food poisoning. We didn't die. We are immortal. So... Getting some new uh, antagonists introduced, it looks like. Some new uh, people that uh, Denji and company are going to have to deal with. I will say I really, really like this chapter. Okay. A lot of ominous stuff, which is very different for Chainsaw Man, but, uh, you know, between this and the stuff with Reze dying last chapter, uh, it's going in a direction that I actually really quite like. Denji still sucks, though.
1: (laughs) Uh, so this was a week at jump where it felt like we got kind of uh, a lot of like big villain introductions uh, throughout the magazine. And I think this is the only one where I wasn't really excited at all. Uh, these three characters who I refer to as uh, Scruffy Beard, Scruffy Hair and Scruffy Eye. Uh <laughs> they're just not like a ton of personality or unique design to them. And maybe we've just been spoiled by dingy heavy fights against. And they're all, and they're all
0: in men in black suits too. So (laughs)
1: like, I think that these characters could be interesting, but I'm not sold in on them yet. Like if, if these are the guys who like, we're kind of following up Reze with, I'm a little bit like, Hmm. Like, seems like a step down but who knows we we still haven't gotten a lot of them we shall see or maybe they just get murdered immediately like it, it's chainsaw man that shit could just happen they could just be jokes essentially um right. so I'll, i'm i'm excited for what they're setting up here where it's like hey now the entire world knows about you they all want to kill you specifically so i don't have you like every i like this idea that everyone in the world like every government agency just fucking hates makima they don't want her to have something like this so it's hmm. cool that we established that we get. Well, Makima's made enemies. How? He <laughs> seems like such a cool <laughs> dude. So I, I I do like a lot of the small things. I'm I'm just very like kind of lukewarm right now on this introduction of a, a new antagonist group. Yeah.
0: All right, moving on from there. The Promised Neverland, chapter one hundred sixty-three. <sighs> Reversal. Um, all right, so uh, yep. Sanju and Muchika they revive one of the elders and they tell him what happened, and they're like, I'll help. And so like, Okay, we'll revive the other four then. And but then there's murmuring outside, a crowd has gathered as uh, someone issues an announcement saying, Her Majesty the Queen has passed killed by bandits who took advantage of the confusion in town they even killed the lords and lady of the five regent houses but do not worry henceforward the four great farms and the vassal armies of the five regent houses will govern under an assembled court i will hereby read the proclamation and immediately sanju and much like this isn't good because this is now, this is way too fast a reaction to what's going on. The fact that they've already decided exactly how they're going to handle the chaos and what they're going to do in the queen, in the vacuum of power. Uh, so he immediately thinks to like, I guess he, we're supposed to think that we, he realizes that Rotary is behind this because we get a flash of him as he's go as he's like, what's going on here? But I don't know. Uh, The Geelan clan is blamed for everything that happened, as well as Sanju and Mujiko, whom they've got a wanted poster for. And so immediately some people are like, wait a minute, those two, they helped us. And some people actually speak out on their behalf saying like, hey, they they helped assist us when things were going wrong. And so they're like, ah, we kindly ask for your cooperation. Those who saw the bandits or received their blood, please come this way. And clink, clink, just lock them all up. <laughs> I don't know how the of them saw that they were heading right into a massive cell, but they end up in one. <laughs> Why are you? Hey, this uh, this 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 uh, room doesn't have a back
1: door. <laughs> uh,
0: so they're like, yeah, we gotta kill you all because you're contaminated by harmful blood, and there are kids separated from their parents and stuff, and so they're like, oh no no no, and they're like, well. Everyone, kill the bandits! And so uh, people immediately start rushing around trying to find Sonju and Mujika, And they're like, oh no, we're suddenly enemies of the kingdom! And Mujica's like, even though we saved all of them, because we saved them, now they'll be killed, just like last time. Now nothing will be different from the terrible world we had before. It was starting to change. We had the chance. And the one moment in this entire chapter that I actually really like is we see... Uh, Rotri sitting at an Othello board and he's like with one move has flipped over all of the pieces to be for his color so it's like "Ah, okay it's a good good little symbol of like he's reversed everything in one fell swoop that's it like they're like we can't fight back against the the civilians because we don't want to kill them so they get captured that's it (laughs) things went bad and now Sunju and Mujigar are prisoners oh no
1: so so, the first time I read this chapter, I really wasn't into it, because I was like, you know what, like, Rattree's kind of been around for a while, and this doesn't really feel all that, like, I just really wasn't into that character or anything like that. But I read this chapter a second time, and I realized that I had to put it into perspective, and just kind of as I mentioned with Chainsaw Man, I looked at this chapter as sort of the introduction to a new villain. Now, we've known about Ratchery for a very long time, but this felt like being truly introduced to him. Like, here is your new antagonist. Him and mom or grandma, or I guess just Isabel, if you want to call her, like, they are probably going to be our final antagonists of this manga. And I actually got a lot more excited because I was like, even though we don't know a ton about Peter Ratchery this was a very cool move. That he's kind of predicted this was going to happen and immediately had everything at the ready right. to take over, catch everyone off guard. and Stop
0: the uh, blood from being spread around in order to take away the power from the region houses. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and to have a new established government to kind of continue the status quo, but without having to, you know, uh, placate some crazy queen or anything like that like they've immediately taken over and kind of restored everything and you do get that like suffocating sense of like crushing defeat when you're like you know you see the the great elders revived he's like it's a chance for us to turn over and then everything goes wrong everyone they saved are ultimately just going to get killed now because of their intervention they're wanted criminals because fucking Mujica has been spending the last like four days giving her blood out to everybody she's fucking like (laughs) She's low on blood and like lightheaded and just kind of falling. The other ally they have is a thousand-year-old dude who just got revived. So it's just Sanji like God fuck I have to do everything. <laughs> and it's it's somewhere like, you know what? This is where I feel like Promise Neverland can be more interesting when the antagonist is someone who they're trying to outthink instead of outbeat like i know Luvis was kind of a little bit of both and he worked mm-hmm. but when it was someone like andrea like he's not like a smart guy he just has a bunch of guns and a bunch of people and the same thing was kind of with the queen you are like i mean this is okay she just she's really strong and they had to kind of find a way to beat her that didn't really feel super satisfying like, I'm, I'm more interested in like okay how is this guy who's super intelligent and kind of already managed to turn this around how can the kids beat him 'Cause it doesn't it doesn't look like they're gonna have the help of Sanju Musica anymore. Like they're kind of out of this situation.
0: Don't worry, guys. We'll defeat him the way we've defeated all the foes in the pa- we've met in the past.
1: With firearms. would <laughs> be great. He's like, we'll defeat them the same way we beat the queen. Musica, see it to his soul. <laughs> like Muchika was captured right. <laughs> uh, she what was I talking to? That's a tree stump. I don't really <laughs> I Look, just... I'm really bad with fa- I'm really bad with faces. I thought you remembered everything. No, no, I remember everything from when I was a baby. And babies are stupid. <laughs> they don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> you're like if you
0: like they don't if you even like remember... put your eyes over his, his if you put your hands over his eyes. He's just like where'd you all go?
1: <laughs> oh God, existence is faded. Oh, it's all back. Oh no, it's gone again. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Alright, let's talk about Black Clover Nick, page two thirty-five, Dark Disciples. So last time, a uh, bunch of Spade Kingdom guys invaded the Golden Dawn headquarters. So you know is heading out now. Uh fucking Ralph or Chud or Jim, I don't remember what this character's name is. He's like, No, stop! You they are the hard the, the highest ranking members of the Dark Triad. If you go, you will die. And Yuno's like I'm the vice-captain of the Golden Dawn, and he just leaves. So it's, you know, throwing away his responsibilities, I guess, as prince, or it's just, I don't know, he, he cares about his friends. So we go over to the Golden Dawn of headquarters. he doesn't
0: care about this. He said in the last chapter the exact same thing, yeah. and whatever.
1: <laughs> well, no, I just mean, like, this is, I think, a way of him firmly kind of saying, like, fuck that. I don't care. I'm Golden Dawn, you know, yeah. you know? So- Golden Dawn for life. Yeah, for life, for life does too sweet, and you're like, look, every group can't do too sweet. It's not that cool of a hand gesture. In fact, you all look kind of dorky now when you do it because it's like some weird wrestling in joke that's lost all fucking meaning. By the way, the NWO kind of sucked too. All right,
0: you want to be cool, do the Check shield game. Can you name all the members of the NWO, Chris? No, you can't. No one can.
1: I, I mean, are we counting every splinter group too? Does the BWO count? Do like cross faction versions count?
0: Main NWO only, but celebrity cameos who were brought in also count.
1: <laughs> That's like seven people. I think David Arquette was a member for a little bit.
0: There was like a, at least one NASCAR
1: driver. <laughs> That was Robocop. Did he join the NWO when he showed up? Did Chucky no, but join I'm the sure NWO? Chucky.
0: <laughs> Jay Leno, though, he was uh, he was anti Hogan.
1: <laughs> he, he was he was part of Sting's stable for real. Like Sting didn't have a stable. He was just an idiot until he joined the NWO too. Uh no, no he was wolf. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Was that the anti-NWO stable? Another stable called NWO? I don't
0: know. White, and then there was NWO Wolfpack.
1: (laughs) I like, I so I never really watched WCW during that time, I only kind of picked up back towards here and there. (laughs) And I remember looking at it, and I was like, there was NWO, NWO Black and White, NWO Wolfpack, NWO like Mexican or something like that. Uh, NW, I feel like there was another NWO faction too, like NWO, like. After Dark or some shit like that. It was just like there were like five different Splinter versions of the NWO, and they all sucked after the first one because they just kept adding shitty people. Dark well, this Order. Is popular, <laughs> <sitting there. coughs>
0: this is popular? We need more of it. Yeah.
1: So the uh, anyway. the Golden Dawn are there. Uh, a lot of wrestling in the- <laughs> this show. <laughs> it's ironic we do it while well. the two biggest wrestling shows of the week are going on. <laughs> Uh, the Golden Dawn are being attacked. So they're like, everybody attack at once swan! they all do a big giant attack. It doesn't really work. The uh, the two guys who aren't the special dude are just like, ha, that didn't do anything. And I guess they they maybe put up a shield or they're just so strong magic doesn't really hurt them because there's there's nothing to really indicate why they weren't hurt by being attacked by from all angles by a bunch of strong magic, but whatever, who cares? They have the devil's magic kind of fading off their shoulders a little bit, uh, And the guy who has rock arms is like, ah, you were supposed to be the toughest brigade, aren't you? Is that all you have? Ah, but I, I guess I shouldn't think too poorly of you. I mean, after all, you're not hand-picked elite soldiers who are the strongest ever, like we are. We're the Dark Disciples, and we're all Stage Zero, and uh, that's. Yeah, he beats everybody up. Basically, <laughs> he talks about how the devil's powers in them, how they can unleash up to forty percent. Because the guy we saw that has to beat up, he can only unleash about five percent. They could do forty, and Lord Zeno, he could do up to eighty percent. And then fuck off. And then uh, he Lord Zeno shows up and sees William Vanjens, and. We have in danger, but don't worry. Sandler shows up and is like, I will defend you, my master. <laughs> and you're like, who gives a fuck? It's supposed to, like He's like, ah, even if I was just a vessel for the elf, uh, I fight under you because that is what I want to do. And he uses, he summons a big armor and swings. But he just gets impaled by a bunch of bones instead. And its I don't know entirely what happens because there's no scene of it. But I guess, uh, what's his name? Uh, William Vanget saves him by pulling him away with the tree magic so he doesn't get super skewered. But I sat there and I was like, no, not Sandler.
0: He also seems to wrap a bunch of the roots of his world tree magic around the incoming... Yeah. uh bone protrusions so he does block a bunch of them too so.
1: yeah uh so he says hey no matter who you are you're not gonna hurt any of my brigade members to get away with it and lord Zenu's like ah world tree magic is it for the benefit of the spade kingdom i'll take it and uh he uses his bone magic eternal fangs and we don't see what happens we just see you know show up and everyone's dead, or I guess really, really hurt. I don't they I, it's got black. really
0: big boo-boos.
1: Yeah, it's black clover, so I guess everybody's been knocked out efficiently, but they will recover. Uh everyone only... needs
0: to go to the Pokemon Center.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh Rock Guy's still there, old old Rock Strongo is just like, You're late to the party, Nat. Who do you think you're looking down on? And Yudo says, What are you doing to my comrades? And he activates activates his special magic form. And that's the end of the chapter.
0: Oh, my friends in the Golden Dawn, like. Is Asta in the Golden Dawn? Is,
1: is <laughs> he, created... he, uh... <laughs> he shows up, he's like, Sandler is okay, isn't he?
0: <laughs> it's like he's like in um a silent voice where like, you know, people who aren't Asta just have the X's <laughs> over them. <laughs>
1: He's like, looking across his team. No, no, no. <laughs> when he sees Mimosa, he sees two extra crosses over a boot. No! <laughs> He's like, they're large enough that my eyes recognize it as a potentially new person. <laughs> yeah, right. that's the chapter. There's not a ton to say here. We got a bunch of new bad guys. I guess bone magic's kind of cool. Again, it still falls into that realm of like... What traditional element is bone magic? But it's kind of cool, so whatever. I, I feel like it's going to be easier to just ignore that that stupid statement was ever stated, and just be like, no, every kingdom can have weird, crazy magic. It's it, it's not a non factor.
0: All right, One Piece.
1: Who Big are these? Chapter.
0: Who are these scary faced men on this color page?
1: Uh, I actually had to ask about this. I asked in our Discord, which you can always check out, everybody. Uh, these are apparently the members of Arashi, which is like a Japanese boy band that did a song for one of the movies. I think did like an AMV, and there was like an AMV uh. where they crossed over. So they had, I believe, their twentieth year, kind of like the Backstreet Boys, I guess, of Japan in a certain way, because okay. they had their twentieth year celebration the same time that One Piece did. I think so. I, th- I think it was like a crossover for that, to my understanding. Okay, fair enough. I had the same thing though too, where I was like. These are obviously real people. I have no yeah. idea who they are. And there's there is no reason to it.
0: draw someone so terrifying unless it's based on a real person. <laughs> All right. One Piece Chapter 967, Roger's Adventure. Uh, so Roger's crew gets back down from Skypiea. Uh, they, um... <laughs> They, Rogers only just now learned from Odin that they're, they've are they seen you know the Poneglyphs and they have some in uh, Wano uh, and <laughs> also in, on uh, Zoa, and he's just like why didn't you say anything about this before I've been searching for, for
1: so long for these things <laughs> we didn't think it was a big deal
0: so um, he's like, yeah, I've already gotten one uh, rope poniglyph that I stole from 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 Big Mom, so I've got it in my grasp, and I've got to gather all four of them so that I can, you know, find where this is leading me to. And we get, uh, we get, you know, there's a lot that happens in this chapter because they're going from place to place in order to get the this stuff. Uh, so they stop in Water Seven, and oh, Tom's there, and
1: oh. <laughs> Feel oh, do it with a dawn, Tom. Do it with a dawn. Rogers,
0: like, have you built that train of yours yet?
1: <laughs>
0: um, and then really weird little moment, like Odin sees a young Frankie and is like, "Hey, you're an orphan. I huh? want me to put in a word with your with our captain, get you on board our ship." And Frankie's like, "No, fuck you. <laughs> I don't
1: like pirates." oh uh, yeah okay now I wonder um, if that might be the reminder because it's always been kind of a thing Frankie's family was abandoned by pirates py- or Frankie was abandoned by pirates they right. mentioned that at the end of like the big uh, like Frankie kind of joining the straw hats thing and kind of did a reminder here and it's always kind of been a theory like I wonder who Frankie's family was and or or specifically I guess where he came from what what pirates abandoned him so I wonder if this is a reminder that we might get like a payoff set up mm. like later on down the line. I, I I was thinking about the idea of doing like big predictions for each of the series this year. I didn't have time to like put it all together, but if I was to make a big prediction, I was gonna say there we're gonna find out a monumentally large thing about a member of the Straw Hats this year. And part of me was like maybe because we may not get something for Zoro, but maybe there's a chance we find out something about Frankie and his family. Maybe we won't. Mm. Maybe that's the part of me that's like fucking J.J. Abrams. Frankie doesn't need a special family or something like that. Uh, but part of me's also wondering... His last name is
0: Skywalker now. Deal with it.
1: <laughs> it's one of those things where you're Here's like... the dramatic final shot of the movie featuring Ray and BB-8 who did nothing in this movie. <laughs> we don't need them to. It's just one of those things where I'm like, maybe this is irrelevant. But part of me saying maybe this was meant to be a reminder to some sort of payoff. Because we're we're running out of people for it to be. Essentially, and
0: maybe this,
1: yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe it's nothing, maybe they were just no name pirates or something like that. But for these reminders, they to were keep no yeah, <laughs> don't worry, Palpatine so, fucks though. Uh,
0: they go to Fishman Island, uh, in order to speak with Neptune, who in this at this time had only recently become the king, uh, and so they're like, ah. Oh, well, I listen, I don't know. You can't be here, Roger, because a prophecy we've just heard a, a prophecy that soon someone will destroy the gates of Fishman Island. And, you know, you tend to cause a lot of shit. So, you know, you being here, you know, is probably bad thing. and immediately they're like, King Neptune has been destroyed. A Neptunian just bit through the gates. <laughs> so they're like, that's outrageous. You know, the, the Neptunians never do that kind of thing, but then sure enough, it has happened. Uh, and so, like, oh it really was a disaster, and the Roger and Roger's crew is just like, wasn't ours, wasn't us. Can't blame us. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we actually meet Charlie, the uh, prophet, who was in the Fishman Island arc, and she's three years old at this point, and has her own little like uh, crystal ball and stuff that she's uh, seeing stuff through. Uh, and she's like, oh, yes, yes. Uh, the, the, the Neptunians are restless because they are waiting for the mermaid princess to be born. And they're like, oh, OK. When his majesty has a child, he's like, I'm not I, I'm not married, guys. I I, ha- I don't I haven't fucked. OK, so <laughs> <laughs> hold your horses. Uh, but they point out like, well, you know, Shirley has been very accurate in every prophecy that she's made so far. So and, you know, hey. Uh, she was right about the seductive, I mean, seditious mermaid Otohime and her political protests. So, you know, uh, yeah, she was right about all this stuff. Um, but we know that Shirley's been accurate anyway, so whatever. So, but it's nice to have like, oh, hey, remember this? Yeah. Roger met them too.
1: I really, like, I, I made a tweet about this, but I really have to establish that it took me like. I read this chapter twice, and it wasn't until the second reading. I was like, oh, right. Neptunians are what sea kings are now. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I spent the entire chapter. I was like, who the fuck were the Neptunians? Was that not the royal family? Are they referring to themselves in the third person? Is he talking about fish people who aren't mermaid people? Like, I really, it took me so long to fucking remember. It's like, oh, right. That's that's what they could fucking do.
0: Uh, the trials of switching over to official localizations
1: yeah I was like alright they haven't fucking talked about sea kings in a really long time
0: <laughs> uh, so they sit down for a meeting and uh, they get the the poneglyph uh, as well from here Nep- they say like ah it's an apology from someone named joy boy so can you read this writing what about the weapon that can control neptunians is that here and uh you know odin's reading over them and stuff like that neptune is like goes over a prophecy that charlie delivered uh that said a mermaid who can talk to neptunes would soon be born but they only come around a few centuries uh so yeah they're like ah so you're saying your daughter will be a weapon that will destroy the world it's like it's just a prophecy shut up so uh roger asks when the mermaid princess is going to be born and this is like the one hint of Charlie being like a three-year-old. Cause she's like in 10 and she hold up her hands to indicate 10 in 10 years. I do kind of wish that when she was speaking, it was a little bit more like, yeah, she's a little kid. It would have been an opportunity to have like a little bit of goofiness of like everyone puts all their faith in this little girl who can't spell very well <laughs> yet, you know? Um, anyhow. So, they set sail after that. Uh, I do like as, as they're going from place to place, we do also get a montage of them just on it on journeys and stuff. And there's bits of them like, you know, singing Bing Sake and stuff like that. Uh, Toki falls ill and they're like, hey, we should get her to Wano um, and have her disembark there. And uh, so... Uh, Dog Storm and, and uh, Cat Viper are like, hey, you know, Kemon and the others don't know about Lady Toki, so we'll stay here with her. And uh, Odin's like, yeah, and I'll stay here, too. And Toki's like, no, no, no. Odin, look, you, you've got to go. If you are the type of man who stops now, then I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> so they indeed stop in uh, Wano. And it's really <laughs> like Odin's got to be a dick. You know, he can't be genuine with people, even the people who trust him the most in the world. So they're like, oh, thank goodness you're here, Lord Odin. Uh, you left Q- Korea in our hands and all of Wano is. Uh, and Toki's like, hey, listen, if you care for Odin, then I beg of you. You've got to let him. And before she can even say it, it's like, I'm leaving just immediately turns his back and walks out and uh basically he was only in wano for a few hours before he le- departed again uh but it's just the type of man that he is Chris uh, you just can't uh you can't hold him down well he can't be nice to people about stuff he's gotta act like he's a dick
1: yeah so. I mean it's it's also a level of like he probably isn't a great king like he no it's one of those things but I understand why he's also it's that thing of like that allure of like you're part of destiny or this this weird mm-hmm. thing like he's part of everything Roger's been doing. And he's like, I can't leave it behind now. We're literally at the doorstep of what might be the greatest yeah. discovery. We've got to get one more product at this point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and also, in fairness, um, he's probably trying to spare himself because he's like. I can't tie myself emotionally to this place and the friends that I have here. Hmm. Uh, you know, I was able to get myself to leave, but it'll be harder and harder to, to leave if I, you know, dwell here and leave my wife here too. Yeah. So, um, so he takes a copy of the Pondeglyph there and then it goes back to the ship, uh, and, uh, they get to Zoe and, uh, Odin's like, I've got this strange feeling, hmm. and uh, <laughs> we meet the Duke of the Makomo Dukedom, Genghis Man. It's a great pun.
1: God fuck, I hate one piece sometimes. <laughs> uh,
0: a bunch of people mob the you know Rogers crew with garchus and stuff. Uh, and Odin, again, is just like, oh, it feel so weird to be here. And Roger is also like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it feels weird to be here. Like something huge is watching us. They get to the final road, Poneglyph. Odin sees that there is the Kazogi Crest above it. And it's like, that means that we, you know, have this brotherhood with the Minx. Little baby Pedro is there and he asks Roger to go along with him. Uh, and Roger says something kind of cool, which is like, hey, listen, kid, you're on the waiting list. Everyone gets their turn, their time to shine. When it comes around, you can help us. So, oh, cool little way of saying, stay home, kid, and don't die. (laughs) But uh, we had found several several real poneglyphs, the four road poneglyphs, And so they sent, uh, at one point, they sent a port. Buggy wasn't doing very well. And so uh, he caught a fever. He had to stay behind. And Shanks decided, hey, I'll I'll stay here and and, uh, get him back to health. He says, if we're going to go there, we'll take our own ship someday. So there you go.
1: It's a good way to explain why, if they were part of his crew the entire time, why they didn't get there. And it also does Mm -hmm. make sense. Shanks being this kind of almost like way wise beyond his years kid was kind of like, no, I've been part of this crew, but this seems like something big enough. I want to discover it on my own kind of thing. And I do like Mm -hmm. the idea. He's like, I'm going to stay behind with Buggy. They're friends, even if they aren't.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's basically it, isn't it? Roger's crew completes a full circumnavigation of the globe. Uh, He is declared the king of the sea, the king of the pirates, And on that day, we learned the entire truth of the world, what the 100-year void is, what the people of the D are, what the ancient weapons are. In the past, it was open to the world. And in the face of that vast treasure, which was very real indeed, Roger just laughed. We get this huge, more than a full page spread of Roger throwing up back his head in laughter, tear coming down his face because he's laughing so hard. And so did we all. We laughed until tears sprang to our eyes. And Roger says, oh, joy boy, I wish I'd been born in your time. This is quite a treasure you've left behind. A tale full of laughs. Say that gives me an idea. We're the first people to reach this final island in 800 years. Why don't we give it a name? We'll call it Laugh Tale.
1: So... (laughs) lore. <laughs> so, there's this is a huge chapter. This is maybe one of the biggest chapters in all of One Piece. Uh because we specifically are getting some real confirmation about quote unquote One Piece and everything around with it and we see how Roger's completed his journey and we get a confirmation that there is an actual real physical treasure there, quote unquote, uh but it's it doesn't fucking matter. Like it feels like we're kind of setting up for the idea of like it's not really the journey that's the true treasure along the way. It's just by the end of it, you'll realize how little that treasure actually meant to you along the way. Um, there are a bunch of people who are really upset about this chapter because they thought Laugh Tale was a stupid cop out. And I was like, oh, I mean, a pun in one piece. How could you? <laughs> but I really I sat there. and I was like, this is the same thing as fucking Goldie Roger. This is the same goddamn thing where I don't know why I didn't fucking see something like this coming Where you're just like, yeah, of course, Raftel probably has a much stupider name that has just been mistranslated as years and years have gone by. And you're like, fuck, man, it it makes sense. Like, it really does. So I can't be angry. I'm like, this is 100% Oda. And it's such a great, like, revelation after all of this. I, I really, like, the last page really cements an idea of what one piece is about and one piece often has to deal with like kind of mortality and dreams and making the most out of life and it it, it feels so fitting that in this big moment where Rogers finds the big treasure we know he's dying he's been sick for a while he's had these issues that all this would go on he finally discovers the big treasure and he's with all of his friends and they're all partying and like it doesn't fucking matter and you know what we're the ones who discovered the sound. Why don't we kind of name it as a joke? You know, like it's, it's the laugh tale and it's just like, it's so fitting for them. Like, I I love it. I understand why people can maybe be annoyed by it, but this to me was kind of like an inspiring moment because I was like, this is a, a, like a firm reminder that Oda still has it, that 20 plus years of doing this manga, and he still has that ability to pay off something he's set up fucking like a decade ago. And it was really satisfying.
0: (sighs) I did quite like this chapter. Um, It's weird because it's kind of go, it it literally, it is both literally and, you know, in literary terms all over the place. Um, Because they go here and they go there and they go there and all this stuff. And we get go between, you know, moments that, don't really have the time to be emotional. And then there's a lot more stuff placed on like just doing, Hey, remember this character? Here's what they were like, you know, 25 years ago kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of, you know, just gratuitous cameos basically going on in this flashback. Uh, I didn't like this chapter as much as I've liked, uh, some of the other Odin flashback stuff. Um, but in terms of how this fits into the, the, all of one piece, this is definitely something you gotta pay attention to. So yeah, it I is mean, necessary reading for one piece fans basically.
1: And I would presume next chapter, we probably are going to start at least getting to, if not, it is the chapter where we're kind of going to end this and we'll see how Odin dies. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're, we're about ready to jump back into things. We got our big reveal out of all of this. Yeah.
0: I do get the impression that things might actually end rather suddenly, too, because if they're based off of his journals, this flashback, then might not necessarily follow a, mu- a much more sensitive structure he's, he's not gonna structure. be
1: like that girl in fucking attack on titan who's writing as she's being eaten like oh god oh god i'm being murdered by Roshi. help me please <laughs> no.
0: no the last thing the last thing that's being that's be- that's sticking out of the mouth is just her hand writing in the- <laughs> 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 all right world trigger World Trigger chapter Chapter 190, Yuba Squad, Part 3. We get an awesome two-page color spread at the start of this with just a bunch of agents facing off against each other. Looking cool. Uh, it's the rank wars battle going on still. Uh, things went bad last time for uh, Tamakoma 2 because, you know, Yu's is down. That's not good. Uh, Izumi sh- come, shows up. Talks with Kiyosuke in the crowd. He's like, "Hey, so what are you, what's going? On? It's getting interesting, huh?" Uh, and he says, "How do you feel about your apprentices? You know, given that you know Hughes has been taken out." And Kiyosuke said, Kar- "It's Karasuma, right? That's his other name."
1: Uh, I think. Scarpiai. Yeah, Karasuma.
0: He says, "Well, they did come up with a bunch of different strategies, so they'll probably be okay. But if I had to say, the one I'm worried about is." So it doesn't go on anywhere from there. I guess the implication is that he's worried about Chica, but who knows? You know, it could be any of them or any of their opponents. They're still left to deal with. Speaking of which, uh, Ecoma squad's in really bad shape in this chapter. <laughs> like they start off in bad shape because they've already lost two of their agents. Um, things don't get better for them. No. Really? Um, Yuba squad is going after Minami Sawa, who was involved in the big skirmish surrounding Hughes. Uh, he gets his arm blown off, uh, by a combination attack by Obishima and, uh, Yuba, and then he starts to fucking run. Uh, so... Their captain's like, what, I'm kind of torn on what we're going to do here because, you know, if we let him get away, that's all of... Uh, if we let Inukai rather get away, Ninamiya's squad's going to reunite unscathed. So we can't... How do we get after both of these agents that are running in different directions? And Obishima takes charge. She says, hey, minami was mine. You go chase after Inukai. And so that's what they start to do. They, they split up, gang. Uh... They also have to deal with the fact that, uh, you know, Yuba Squad and Tanoka both have Tamakuma marked. So uh, one of the commentators says that Tamakuma's decision about which enemy to engage with could, could really affect the flow of the match. Inukai and Yuba starts to have a firefight, uh, but it doesn't really get protracted very long before we cut away. Um, Inukai is fighting as he flees. Chika takes up a position on a roof and uh, Osamu starts to instruct her and says, hey, listen, we're in danger with Tanoka triggering our bombs. So don't use meteor. instead your hound will knock our opponents off guard so the Kook and I can finish them off. And she's like, all right, got it. And Osamu hops off of the roof and Tanoka like, all right, perfect opportunity. She's all alone now. Hey, Tamakama is heading your way, Obashima. Uh, and uh, she, he's like, all right. So you're not going to deploy your meteor, so it's not going to blow up around you if I shoot it. So this time I'm going to snipe you myself. And uh, so he fires a shot at her and a shield appears right in, right behind Chica, where he, right where he shot. And he realizes t- too late as now his position has been revealed that they sp- deliberately drew him out. And she exposed one side of herself so that she could just shield that half of her body so that she wouldn't be hit when he attacked her. And now his position's been given away. She throws her fuck ton of bullets at him, blows up the building that he's on as he jumps off of it, and then he gets sniped by Agent Oki of Ikoma uh, Squad. So that's a point for Ikoma there. Um there's a small little moment where they ask if Chica got him, uh, and she and Osama reports that Ikoma Squad got the point and Chika is briefly relieved and she's like, Oh, wait, that's, that's, that's bad. I can't think that way. Next time I'll actually hit. So she's trying. Mm. Uh, They, the commentators note that probably what happened was that uh, Oki probably had been pursuing Tanoka since the time that he blew up Chika's meteor and has just been keeping an eye on him ever since then, because he's very sneaky and They don't want to, you know, have to deal with that. Meanwhile, uh, Inukai is still fucking... Not Inukai, rather. uh, Mibishima is still running from Obishima. uh, So... Oki tries to coordinate them so that they can meet up and he can back him up. But some bullets come flying after him. And he's like, OK, all right, I just dodge away from that. And the bullets come flying back towards him. He's like, oh, shit, it's it's Mia!" And he's got mixed bullets and he's, you know, he's after me. God, die, die! die. And he dies down between some alleyways and he cloaks up with his bagworm. And he's like, all right, I just got and he gets cut in half. Uh, because uh, Suji of Ninomius Squad was expecting him to dodge in this direction, so uh, basically, what happens in this chapter is Ninomiya Squad is is kind of just looming on the horizon as the as this is getting built up because none of their agents have been taken out. They're slowly coming together and t- gradually taking people out as oh, yeah. uh,
1: so. All of uh, Okomo's squad's gone now. They're gone by the, by the end of this chapter, all of them are gone. Uh, so, Yuba squad's lost somebody. Yeah, and Husei is gone.
0: So, yeah, is at full strength, and they've still got to deal with uh, the Yuba who took out Yumo one on one, and they don't have their guy that they base their ninom- anti ninomiya strategy around, or at least their main one.
1: Yeah, and it's a big deal that. Uh, Suji was there because they say whenever co- Ninomiya goes to use his combination, he always has someone there to guard him, and neither mm-hmm. of the two agents are there. So he just in full confidence was like, no one's going to bother me while I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's how he like, gets a big point off of it.
0: There is a one last cool moment that happens because Yuma meets up with uh, Obishima and uh, Minamiya Mibish- whatever. <laughs> Kai! the guy the last guy on a coma squad and so they have a quick moment of like okay everyone's facing off against each other uh and Kai's like ah well if he's here then the Mikumo's probably hiding nearby and Obishima's like in that case it would be two on one on one so they're like maybe this is a temporary alliance and Obishima immediately
1: just <laughs> <laughs> <takes the balance. laughs> like nope that's my point <laughs> <laughs> And it's, uh, it's a big deal. Like, the reason why it's kind of so threatening that Nimiya Squad has all their members together is because we're kind of established. Tamakoma needs three points. Mm-hmm. And as it is right now, there's only five points yeah. left on the board for elimination. And two of them are, yeah, like, them. super strong captains. They have one, but they need three more. Yeah. So and, it's uh,
0: like... They could survive, maybe, but that's probably not going to happen, especially if it's down to this few people. It's not like they can just all run away. So it definitely does seem as though things are coming down to Chica playing a pivotal role in this match. How much she can do is going to affect whether they uh, win or lose or get enough points.
1: Now, there's, there's something that's been on the back of my mind. Because you know they lost Husei, uh, Huse, and that was supposed to be their big trump card against Ninomiya. There was a moment where Osamu asked about who he thought would win between Ninomiya and Yuba, and they created a scenario where they were like, Yuba could win. Like, if it's out of nowhere, really sudden, Yuba would win that fight. And I'm wondering if, because it feels like you may be setting up the idea of, like, Tamakoma needs to kill Ninomiya to win, because they they... There's only so many points left out there for anyone to get. So it's very likely that they might have to kill Ninomiya to get some of those points, especially if they're going to win. They, they're they going to need to do that. So I'll be interested to see if that plays into it, if it's a situation where you uh, like maybe Osamu, since he's the strategist of that group, is like, we need to set up that scenario <laughs> where Yuba can win <laughs> so he can get that point and we can try to get something like that
0: there could be all sorts of different ways they could approach it. Maybe one thing that maybe one thing that they'll do or the thing that'll end up happening is that they get Yuba and Nina squad to like take each other out. And then there's no one left to take them out. So they just get the points off of survival because everyone else has killed each other. Um, there's a number of different ways that you could go about it still. And uh, I'm looking forward to how this is going to unfold because they're in a really bad situation right now, not in terms of like, cause you know, Yuma and Chika and Osama, none of them have taken injuries or anything like that. They're all fresh, but they're in a situation where it's like, Oh, these really powerful guys are slowly coming down to the last people left. So what do we do? So, all right, that is going to do it for our weekly manga recap. What were our favorites this week?
1: So my favorite chapter was one piece. Just outright, I, th- I it was the one that I looked forward to the most this week and really enjoyed reading, like, again, and kind of grabbing a lore from it. MVP's tougher for me. Mm. I honestly, I might need to think about that one.
0: Uh, by kind of the same virtue, I'm going to go with My Hero Academia. Uh, it, it's definitely just down to, like, personal preference, I fully admit. Uh, like... I just liked seeing everyone. I liked seeing everyone, the the little interactions between the classmates, uh, the stuff that All Might said, uh, having All Might meet up with uh, Deku and Bakugo, seeing stuff going on with the storyline. I just liked seeing like, oh, it's all the characters that I actually care about, you know, that are the good guys. Stuff is happening with them. So it's nice to see that happening again, as opposed to, well, I do relate a little bit more to the villains now. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm going to give now from uh, Mission Yosakura family my character. Like, I really liked him, and it was nice to see him be, like, yeah, like, of all the characters from Mission Yosakura this week, you gave it to the Buckethead guy. Like, fuck, yeah, I <laughs> yes. did. Yes, <laughs> I absolutely did.
0: Oh, uh, this is actually pretty tough for me, too. Um, you know what? I'm going to give mine to uh, to Kaname from uh, Zip Man because okay. I I did like seeing like hey he's got this way of doing things where yes there's a smart approach and then there's a heartfelt approach and he managed to find a way to overcome his social stigma to actually reach someone. So,
1: and for the audience, the chapter of the week was World Trigger because it always is with our audience.
0: Yeah, it's understandable.
1: And the uh, character of the week was Sarashi from Act Age, which leads us into a good reminder for next week next week there are no jump series so we'll still be doing a regular episode but it's going to be us catching up on Act Age and then we maybe we'll discuss some extra stuff that comes out like the Crunchyroll series or as you mentioned Spy Family is going to have a chapter so we'll be talking about that stuff but we're going to catch up on Act Age next week guys
0: that's right and uh, honestly the way that uh, Act Age is kind of paced we'll probably have quite a bit of stuff to talk about so uh, look forward to that That'll be for next week. In the meantime, thank you everyone for joining us for Weekly Monger Recap. We record the show here on twitch.tv slash RoloT Wednesdays around 7.30 to 8 Eastern Time. Uh, If you want updates and want to know exactly when we're going to start the show, you can follow us on Twitter. At DipMR Podcast is the official podcast account. Your hosts are at RoloT and at Nick F. Time. You can also check out our past episodes on weeklymangarecap.podbean.com. Leave a comment, rating, all that good stuff so that you can help us out with the algorithm. We can rise to the top of the hobby section and, co- and overthrow the woodworkers. Send us feedback. Ask us questions for Q&A episodes. Suggest future manga for us to read. You can do that via the Discord channel. Emailing us, recap at And uh, also be sure to use the Discord to check out the spreadsheet that Ninja X3i maintains uh, that has all of the suggestions that, we're work- that we have worked on in the past. The... Uh, weekly MVPs and favorite series and all that stuff, big statistical board and everything, and you can follow along to when we get to the supplemental awards next year. It was very helpful for us having that to just reference this time uh, last week. Thank you guys for supporting us on Patreon, and thank you to Steve Manor Artist, to uh, Infamous Planet, to Isabelle Cheddar, to Milo Jack Stillitz. have well, to made an awesome opening sequence for us. Infamous Planet did thing around us on the stream broadcast and uh, Steve Mandrell's boobs and that's pretty cool
1: <laughs> and that's pretty dope alright is that going to do it Are we heading off that's into every- the sunset Nick
0: well the sun's been set for a little while now but
1: yes I know I hate winter I hate everything about this bye everyone goodbye I hate this fucking state <laughs>